positivity allowed inside my day. Nothing but blessings, health, wealth, and love. And the creative spark to express all of the above. I'm talking no limits. See, the stacks have already spent it. And the life have already lived it. The dreams, they are just beginning. I mean, no limits. Prosperity through our retirement. Humanity saving the environment. The highest level of the flyest shit, yeah. Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, and you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. And this episode, I wanted to do another Mental Matters episode on a topic that I think is very important that we don't necessarily shed enough light on and that is on social media misuse or some of the pitfalls of social media now don't get me wrong I'm not saying that social media is a bad thing it's very cutting edge it's very innovative it has changed the face of how we communicate today it's changed the face of how we view news today it's changed the face of how we get awareness of certain issues around the world so I'm not discrediting social media but too much of a good thing can always lead to problems And um, I think we don't necessarily shed enough light or we don't like to accept or even acknowledge some of those problems that come from social media. For example, the subliminal messages when you know you could add that person that you got a problem with. Um, That's I've seen that a lot on my timeline. I feel like just pick up the phone and air that issue out with that person. We don't really have to know what you're going through in terms of that. Like we don't want to know who you're subliminating. We don't want to know who you're exposing. We don't want to know, you know, the drama that's going on, screenshots, the whole nine. Energetically, that can be very taxing. Another thing that's energetically taxing is when people are being murdered or committing suicide on social media. It is very sad to see someone lose their life in real time. It's scary and energetically, it's heavy. Or we could talk about the mobs, you know, the mob mentality. You say something wrong or you say something bad, expect to get dragged. Or the common gangsters where people can't agree to disagree, but now we want to pull up and... You know, it's just, it's a lot. And then we go down to the children. Cyberbullying is a thing anyway amongst adults, I mean, as always. But when it comes to a situation where children are being bullied and children are wanting to commit suicide or um, their their pictures are being shared inappropriately or they're being pressured to share things that they shouldn't. So I hit my homegirl up, Dr. Giselle Cunningham. And Giselle is amazing. She she had gems for me with this interview and i'm really glad that i asked her um to share her perspective from a mental health professional standpoint because i mean of course it's all opinion but you know we got a doctor in the house today who's gonna give us some real live clinical perspective on social media misuse so for those who have um children or um adolescents preteens you know young people around even i mean grown adults this episode is for everybody so with that being said feel free to grab someone you love grab your family whoever and um let's get right into it all right name and occupation hello my name is dr giselle cunningham i am a licensed professional counselor in the state of georgia i'm also a nationally certified counselor and approved clinical supervisor and i work right now with individuals families children providing therapeutic services and making sure that they have access to resources and treatment that they need throughout the state of Georgia. 
And what made you want to become a mental health professional? Always just had the caring personality and just wanting a, a desire really to help others and improve conditions for people that are they don't have access or resources. So just being able to be a, a tool and, and a provider and caregiver. That's what I want to do. Okay, and as a mental health professional, is social media a good thing or a bad thing? Well, you know what, to be honest, I think that it's depending on how it's being used. There are so many good things about social media. It allows for people who are unable to connect in ways that they normally would as far as distance. You have that ability to see each other. You know, you can keep up with them. You can interact in a different way that you couldn't previously, you know. But there's also the side effects of it where people think that that's the only way you can communicate and connect. And you basically lack the whole goal or purpose of human interaction because you're doing everything through the internet. And there have been uh, jokes actually about there being a social media addiction, like that being a thing. Is that actually a possibility? Well, you know what, I actually think that it is a possibility because people, we see it in children all the time. And even now, if you were to go out, go to your, your next, your favorite restaurant, just look around the room and see how many people are actually using their phones rather than actually communicating with each other, going on dates, going in a movie theater. I mean, you'd be surprised at how addictive all of these different apps or programs are because we just feel like we have to check, we have to look, we have to see what's going on, and we're not actually living our lives. We're actually looking at watching everyone's lives, too busy doing that to actually live and be in the moment and be present. You know what, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, my next question was going to be, what are some signs of you know people misusing social media? Okay, so uh, a prime example of someone misusing social media would be something like um, basically going on at inappropriate times. Um, you know. I mean, I could be very ther therapeutic with this, so I can bring this up. Um, okay, so for example, there's pornography. You have people who may be at work. <laughs> you have people who may be at work, on the job, and they're looking stuff like that up <laughs> and when they actually should be working, which would be a barrier. You know, people are playing games on their phone when they're actually supposed to be working, you know, people who should be studying and actually doing assignments, and that's not what's happening. They're actually using social media in the times that they really need to be paying attention in class. So there are different ways that we can clearly see that there's a misuse of social media occurring. We're also targeting different groups and, and different people you know, being hateful on the internet, different things. There's a whole list that we can have to show that it's being misused. Now, I understand that we like to put our best foot forward and, you know, doing it on social media is no different, you know? So there, there is a line, though, between our online persona and our actual reality. And sometimes that line can get blurred. I think sometimes people, you know, and I'm not above this, I've been there before. Um, sometimes we can believe our online persona as our actual reality. What are your thoughts on this as a mental health professional? Like, is there a term for this? Well, there's not a specific term that I'm aware of as far as someone who is taking on a, a persona. I call it the flexing life, but there's also a real term of delusional thinking. So they could be deluded because they could be possibly taking on so much time to really believe that the images and the things that they're saying on social media are really a part of them. And that may not actually be the truth, you know. And unfortunately, you start thinking and, and having these thoughts that are not, they're irrational thoughts, or irrational beliefs, and you're living your life according to things that you're seeing on the internet or a life that you think that you need to portray on the internet and therefore building these delusions of grandeur like if you think you have money and you're this you're putting this idea or this image out there and it's not real then you're living in fantasy you know um, so it there are, there are times when people can get blurred because of what they see out there they don't know what is real anymore and they think that they need to keep up with the Joneses and do all these different things that are beyond their means 
or even just not who they are. They don't want to accept who they are in real life, so they want to create a whole other personality and do that whole thing on in the internet because they feel it's safer there. It's a safe zone for that to take place. And um, I actually want to bring up Black Twitter because I know Black Twitter is a really influential and entertaining sector on Twitter. Like, arguably, it's probably the most influential social media platform or at least section of social media ever, in, in my opinion. Like, it always seems like the latest trends are being dictated by Black Twitter. There's a reaction that gets to Black Twitter. Black Twitter gets you out the paint. You're ruined, basically. Don't come from Beyonce if Black Twitter is going to come for you. So there's so many different things that um, Black Twitter has a opinion on that the world, in general, seems to take notice on. Now, just on the day-to-day, -day, we kind of get random conversations about $200 dates, whether that's acceptable. We do get, you know, this social commentary about human rights and injustices, um, sexual behavior, and then, you know, there's the gossip and being fanatics for our favorite celebrities. You know, Black Twitter never fails to make a topic, um, never fails to make any topic of a conversation. At some point, where do we stop the conversation? Where does it become too much? Well, I think you brought up a good point. There's things like Black Twitter and other um, different outlets that we get our news from, our social media news from, I mean, at one point they can be very helpful. You know, you get different variety of topics, as you just mentioned, different things, but it gets to the point where if that's our only source of news, if that's what we're seeking to get all of our information from, we're not actually you know, researching for ourselves, like we're trusting and believing that everything that's being said on by these people or by everyone on there as to be gospel or truth, and we're living our lives according to that and also starting problems with other people according to that, then I think that's where we have the problem. I think people lose sight of what it is to be thinking beings and to do things on their own. And what they do now is they just kind of take it. If you say it, then that's what it is. That's what that's truth. That's what it means. Instead of actually taking time to go and find out. And so I think that's where we end up getting caught up. It is fun, but you also have to be able to read between the lines and also look it up yourself if it's something that you're really interested in. Don't just take someone else's word for it or what's been retweeted for it. Ooh, you knock it on the head. I'm sorry. It had me over here just like, yes! Okay, so with people using social media as an outlet, I know some people, you know, you know, we used to have journals. We used to write in our journals. We used to have ways to kind of express ourselves privately. But now with social media, it's almost like, you know, everything's an outlet. And now it's, it's to the point where we're seeing things as extreme as suicide on Facebook Live. We're seeing things being live tweeted, um, pre-suicidal thoughts, the last final thought, um, Instagram, the last final images of people before they end up committing suicide. What are some warning signs of, pe of some people that we might follow, whether we know them or not, that may be in distress? Well, that's a very good question. And the topic of suicide is one that um, I do take very seriously because I have worked in crisis management and intervening with those who have had thoughts about suicide or actually have attempted and committed suicide previously or attempts to commit suicide previously. Um, there are a lot of different warning signs that people may have. Of course, you know, when you think suicide, you automatically assume depression. Um, a lot of times people actually commit suicide, they seem okay, to be honest, and that's because they've come to peace with their decision. What we want to look at are for warning signs or stuff ahead of time, so that's change in patterns, change in behaviors, um, statements that you've, you've never heard them say before, things that kind of have finality towards them, like I'm not going to be able to make that, you know, it's something that you would see that would be a little different in their personality. If you know if there's specific stressors or big things that are occurring in their lives and they're not reaching out, they're isolating, um, possibly using substances that they weren't using before, or heavily relying on substances like alcohol or even um, sleeping pills, something like that that you notice is not regular or you know common for them to use. So you just want to make sure that you pay attention to statements that are saying hopelessness, helplessness, worthlessness, any feelings like that. Um, also 
if they're having a lot of episodes of mood changes or mood swings, and this is something that's uncommon for this person, um, a lot of times people uh, mistake the fact that, you know, sadness is okay, it, it, it's a real emotion, it's okay to feel that way. People don't know how to ex express these things. So they may go on the internet and put different posts up and people just say, oh, you'll be all right, or instead of really actually reaching out and picking up the phone and calling that person to see, hey, what's really going on with you? You can't just like someone's comment on Facebook or on Instagram and think that that's gonna actually be a helping hand. If you are concerned about something that you're seeing, especially if it's something frequent, you know, I definitely recommend if you know that person, reach out to that person or, you know, definitely let someone know what's going on and stop sharing images of people hurting themselves and saying that that's okay. If you see something like that, report it because it's, it's not healthy and they could possibly get help to people if they can catch it in time. You know what, I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, I think that people think that since we lurk and check on people that they must be okay. Oh, look at that posting on social media, they're good. And I think that's furthest from the truth. You never know what somebody's going through unless you actually pick up the phone and reach out to them directly. Indirectly, is, I think it's, it's unacceptable um, at this point when it comes to checking on our folks. Now, when it comes to overdoing social media, I mean, can it manifest in any kind of like mental health disorders? And if so, like what kind? Okay, well, I mean, you know, for someone, if they've had any underlying issues before, any problems with their mood or instability from the, from the get-go or from the jump, um, someone who is or constantly in a state of depression and they're always putting these images on social media, always looking at images like this, it's going to reinforce that, that feeling, you know? It's going to help them put them in that position and if they're not reaching out and they just have access, like you said, to the internet and they're getting all their news from there, they're not going outside, it's just going to put them in like a, this digging a deeper hole, basically. So it can manifest or worsen symptoms that were already present. And so, therefore, I mean, you see a lot of increase in depression. Um, if someone has issues with addiction, you might see a lot of increase in that, in that type of behavior as well. And, you know, it's sad because now, with social media, you don't even have to call to get access to drugs. Someone can actually, you know, you can send a DM or a message, and it's just ridiculous how crazy, you know, technology is helpful, but on the other hand, it's also very hurtful. Now people are being able to stay and, and gain access to these things that they weren't able to do before. Um, of course, when we talk about addictive behaviors, you have sex addiction, you can see an increase in those because they have access to pornographic material all over the place. Unfortunately, kids are exposed to stuff like this as well. You never know what they're gonna be able to see on their Instagram or on Facebook, even if your parents are trying to watch it and monitor these things. You know, there's still access to a lot of different things. And then we think about personality disorders. Um, if you have issues already, narcissism is something that you can see a big increase on, especially um, when we think about the need for likes and, and putting these images out here. Self-esteem issues are also on the rise for women. Eating disorder issues can come up for a lot of people. I work with eating disorders as well. And, you know, body shaming, people being unfortunately faced with a lot of different hateful comments on things that you, if you feel proud about something, you shouldn't have the world tell you that it's not okay and, and berate you for who you think you are, how beautiful you look, you know? So it's, it's, we can go all day for the different things that could come up for this, but those are some of the ones. Oh, that's an awesome answer. I think narcissism is definitely something that we should pay attention to, because um, I think, you know, once we start seeking attention to where that becomes a priority in our lives, and we start doing stuff solely, oh, this, this post is gonna go, it's gonna go viral or it's gonna be platinum. I'm about to get a whole bunch of likes. Hold on, hold on, take this picture. I gotta make sure I get the right angle for the, like I just feel like at some point, it's just kinda like, all right, we, we kinda gotta take a step away from the phone. Now, I think we may have touched on this um, a little bit, but how has social media enabled or impaired our ability to communicate? Okay, well, when we talk about communication and interpersonal skills, you know, 
I am, I'm sure I'm not, you know, as far, I think we're the same age group. So we know back then you'd go outside, you'd play, you interact with people. You, you know, you had the phone conversations with your homegirls, you know, when you were younger on the phone, you guys would sit and talk for hours about anything that you're watching on TV or just what happened at school. Nowadays, um, you know, kids are literally stuck to the iPad, stuck to the gaming system. They're not really going outside, they're not making these friendships that you think they'd make, and then they look online to try to get these friends on the internet. <laughs> and, you know, that leads to a lot of different issues and problems, and, you know, we, we can definitely talk a little about that. But basically, it's, I think it's hindering the connection that people have. Human touch is necessary. Human interaction is necessary. Relationship is necessary. If you rely solely on social media, you're isolating yourself from all of those opportunities to really make connections and form bonds and develop relationship with people. When you lack that, who are you? What are you doing with yourself? What is going on internally? You know, you don't have someone there that can reach out on you. And as you mentioned before, you know, if someone posts a picture, you automatically assume, oh, she's fine. You know what I mean? She must be doing okay. She's posting a picture. You really don't know what the story is behind that picture. You don't know what's happening. And even if someone was to post something concerning and someone just goes under it, oh, uh, like sending a hug emoji, that doesn't necessarily make it okay. You know, you need to have that human connection to, for some people to be able to see what's going on with them and check in and, and be okay and develop that relationship because relationship is key. And you know we all need that throughout our lives to be able to function. All right. So the next question was basically about the ability to form bonds and relationships and how that has been affected by social media. I think we've covered that for the most part. Is there anything else that you wanted to add on that? Well, just as you know, talking about relationships and being able to form bonds, just being able to realize that yes, you might make a friend through that DM, but. You know, it's, it's more than just sliding back and forth and making messages. If you do develop friendships that way, try to meet them out. You know, if you're going to go out, interact with people. It's not just about messaging back and forth. You can text all day, but also talking, expressing ourselves. It's so funny, people start using shorthand language whenever they're actually talking and having regular conversations, you know? Like, instead of saying, like DM, instead of me saying direct messaging, which is what it was, you know, I said DM. Like, that's how quick that we use these things, you know? So I think it's important that, you know, we, we need to be able to realize that we still need to have basic communication skills in play here <laughs> for relationships. Now, I wanted to discuss um, social media on the effect of children. I think a lot of this can also affect adults, and that's the issue of bullying. And, you know, bullying has always been an issue for young people across all generations, and, you know, obviously it, it can also happen online. Um, nowadays, it's on a higher level. I think it's it's pretty advanced. We have memes that can make you a meme every day. You post a random picture, next thing you know, you have a cute caption behind it, everybody's laughing, you know, whether you think it's funny or not. Also, people can make accounts at, what, five minutes? Make a whole random account, start trolling you all day, trying to ruin your life, emailing your job on stuff that you're tweeting, trying to get you in trouble in real life. Um, do you believe that our children in this day and age have to deal with much worse regarding bullying and cyberbullying than we did? Oh, definitely. This is not your standard bully that was going to go take your food at the, you know, at lunch or anything like that or, or threaten to beat you up after school and possibly trip you in the hallway. We're talking about people here that could possibly find images of your family, images of you, post them on the internet and send it all around the world within seconds, you know? And the comments, of course, like I touched on before, can be very berating, they're horrible, you know, they're very mean and hurtful with the intent of being funny and purposefully ruining your life, as you, as you mentioned. So. 
I do think, unfortunately, kids growing up with this technology, they don't know how to communicate and how to express themselves, and they're going to be placed in a situation where they're going to be stuck, and, and the online world is the only world that they're going to know, and it's going to create a problem for them. Because if they were to see something, who are they talking to? They're just in the comments arguing back and forth, you know? And we see a lot of threatening. People get threatened, like lives are threatened in comments, you know, on the internet, which is ridiculous to me. So, I mean, you know, you have to really think about the fact that these kids may not be able, they don't, they don't have the skills, they're not equipped with what they need to do whenever they're faced with this type of pressure online. And, um, you know, we've seen the different movies about girls getting their pictures being put around, you know, sent around and they have to leave school or they become suicidal. You know, same thing with guys, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure and, and fear that's associated with online and bullying is real. And it's really sad because Remember, children who bully or get bullied, they can turn around and grow up to be adults who bully. And unfortunately, if we don't put things in place to try to help these kids, it's going to be a situation where we have a lot of mean kids. <laughs> and, you know, anyone can say anything behind the internet. You know, they have a lot of, um, what do they call them? Um, like just internet gangsters, I think. You know what I mean? As far as people who want to talk a lot of trash, but in person they don't say anything. And not even that we want them to come to blow in person, but guess what? In person, we probably could have had a conversation about the issue. <laughs> And we could have probably hashed it out. But on the internet instead, it gives all these people the leeway and free time to just say whatever they want to say and not be accountable for it. And that leads to a lot of hurt feelings. Um, I'm actually glad you, you brought that up in terms of how bullying children can turn into bullying adults. And it, it just hit me. I realized one thing I learned in school, I think in my health class, like in the ninth grade, they were talking about how there's strength in numbers bullying. And I think when people make you fodder for gossip or for cyberbullying or just bullying in general, I think it's easier for people to link up and just join the crowd that's laughing versus being the person that speaks Stands up. up. Mm -hmm. And when you do speak up, you get a lot of mess for it because it's like, you know, everybody kind of feels empowered when they know that they're 20 deep or 30 deep or sometimes hundreds deep, thousands deep when they're going in on a particular personal topic. Um, this is totally off the cuff here, but what do you feel like in terms of what, what's a way to be more responsible when these type of issues arise? As far as responsibility, you think about your part in your action in this situation. If it's something that you can help, if you're aware of a situation where someone is being bullied and you think that it's inappropriate, I mean, of course you can feel free to, to share it and, and do what you need to do with your voice. When it comes to kids, I mean, it's just difficult. I would just say, parents, please mind, watch these accounts. Watch these accounts that your kids have. I mean, I know you, you can't be superhuman and, and check everything, and they may have different accounts, but it starts at home as far as laying that foundation down, just kind of see what you can put in place to help these kids figure out what's right, what's wrong. I mean, you know, it seems easy, it seems black and white to us, but that's really not. We know there's a lot of gray in there. And like you mentioned, I mean, sometimes people, they feel better with the numbers. You know, they're like, oh, there's more, you know, I, I don't want to go against my friend who's talking about Sally over here, so I'm just going to keep it up. Or I'm going to be a part of that. But letting them know that these can have real consequences. Because I think, unfortunately, now people don't realize you can get in trouble for this. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just saying on the internet, I don't mean it. Uh, well, they can take it because it's proof on the internet. You're going to go to, they can take that to court. So, you know, you just have to help them become more accountable for what they're doing and realize the potential consequences that can come from this. Now, the Cyberbullying Research Center, they did a study on about maybe 5,700-ish um, adolescents between the ages of 12 and 17. Now, 33.8% of these adolescents, they stated that they had been cyberbullied, and 25.7% reported that they had been bullied in a combination of ways, including cyberbullying. So, from a you know parent or sibling or loved one aspect or friend aspect, mentor aspect, what are some behaviors to look for if a child is being bullied? 
very good question. Um, now, a couple things with children. Um, they tend to display like depression or, or sadness. They could be different ways. Of course, you can see the tearfulness, you can see crying, isolative behaviors, withdrawing from the family, um, possibly being in their room secluded, you don't know what's going on. Changes in behaviors in school as far as grades dropping um, or reports from teachers saying, hey, you know, a lot of aggression or incidents of anger outbursts occurring and change in friendships. If you notice that, that happens a lot, especially with, with girls, unfortunately. You know, you, you hear that, oh, she and, and her best friend were okay the other day, but now the best friend's with another group of girls and all of a sudden she's isolated or kicked out the group. You have to look at what's going on with these types of relationships and what's going on. Who are these people that they're talking about? And pay attention if they're telling you, hey, something's wrong at school. Because sometimes, you know, I mean, I can give a, a personal example. You have like a, a little child and, and they say, hey, well, you know, so-and-so is being mad to me. They're calling me names, right? Now, of course, you might say, hey, whatever, get over it. Everyone, you know, gets teased as a kid. But it depends. What level of teasing are we talking about here? You know, is this person saying, calling you a name and then also hitting you in front of people, tripping you, physically trying to hurt you on purpose, making fun of you to the point where you're in tears every day? Like, there are different levels to things. You know what I mean? So just not dismissing someone's claim and seeing what's actually going on. As parents, family members, friends, go and, and tell someone or go to the school yourself. Let me see Let me see what's going on with my child today. Because, you know, they keep telling me about this particular child. You never know. That other child that may be the bully has probably had other complaints from other, you know, other parents. You never know. So actively be a part of your child's life. Find out what's going on and listen to them if they're really expressing a concern for you. But watch out for dietary changes if they're refusing food, they don't want to eat, they just want to sleep all day, excessive sleeping. Um, they're refusing to go to school. Like I had a case um, once child refused to go to school to the point where she was so scared to go because she was being bullied so bad. She actually had to be kicked out of the school because of the amount of absences and the parents were, hell, they actually went to like truancy court because of it. And of course this is a case where the parents are just trying to do the best that they can for their child but then the school system is saying, hey, you can't keep your child out of school but the parents don't want their child in an environment where she's being bullied and now she has mental illness, you know, mental health issues because of it. So it's, 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 it can be really serious. So just be aware of what's going on with your children and listen to them. You know what, I'm glad you mentioned um, mental health um, disorders manifesting from that. I want to get into that in just a moment, but you gave some really good examples on what to do. So let's say it becomes an issue where a child is telling their loved one, their parent, their guardian, someone in charge, whoever, that they are being bullied and that they're not really sure how to cope or, you know, what, what should we do at that point? Okay, well at that point, I mean, by all means, you can, it depends on the level of what's going on. Of course, if it's something that they feel comfortable discussing at home and, and you can, you feel confident in your ability to give them resources or tools to help them get through it, that's one thing. But if it's a situation where this child is not progressing, like I said, you see the grades are dropping, you see that they're not interacting like they used to, you see that there's a lot of issues within the home environment or they're fighting their siblings and you think, hey, this is becoming a behavioral issue that I can't really manage or monitor and you're hearing concerning statements like I don't want to live anymore or guess what they have homicidal ideation not because people always like to focus on suicidal ideation where they want to kill themselves homicidal ideation is where they want to kill others and I know you guys have heard in the news where you've seen kids threaten to blow up the school or you've seen them say they're going to stab another child or shoot another child and get access to their dad's this and that and half the time that's probably because they are bullied you know so I mean you have to pay attention to any types of statements like that uh, if they are making a lot of those frequent statements I would recommend that you possibly get them to get just go to an assessment like a counseling assessment doesn't necessarily mean and let me just you know put it out there just because you get counseling or you go for an appointment or an assessment that doesn't necessarily mean that you have mental illness or a severe mental health problem 
everyone goes through things. Sometimes a kid may just need to talk to someone for a little while. You know what I mean? As far as being able to develop those coping skills and communication skills to be able to express themselves in a more assertive manner or, you know, to feel more comfortable and confident and secure in who they are because they have been hurt by the trauma that occurs of them being bullied at school, depending on the severity of the bullying. That was a really good answer. So for those who are listening, I mean, feel free to, you know, if you need to press with one, write some of these things down, please type those. Like, this is really important, and I think that with the future, um, with the children being our future, I think the better we set them up to be happy, healthy, whole children growing to be an adult, the better. I think it would help not only, you know, their lives, but the world in general um, as a whole, because, you know, everything that we do, it affects people down the line. So what they're doing, it can affect generations down the line as well. So. If we're constantly bullying people and we're constantly tormenting folks and we're making people's lives um, miserable because of whatever issues that we're not dealing with, it's only going to trickle down. So um, I think that was a really, really good suggestion. That whole list, please, if you need to rewind it, please feel free, write it down. But um, going back to what you were saying about with children and being attacked on social media and being cyberbullied, with that uh, consequence potentially being, you know, mental health disorders, I mean, is that a thing? Can that actually happen? Well, I mean, the thing about mental illness or, or mental health issues, it, it can lead to that. Like I said, depressive symptoms can take place, and of course, if they worsen, they can become severe, you know, severe depression, and then lead to possibly having a lifetime of issues with that if it's not being able to be addressed quickly. Um, or you may have issues where like addiction problems will come up. Eating disorders can come from this, especially if you have a, you know, unfortunately overweight or underweight you know, child. And it's, uh, I just want to be clear, eating disorders are not just limited to females, by the way. A lot of people look at that and say, oh, that's just something that girls go through. No, guys go through that. So, you know, we have to be careful, watch our words, what, you know, what we're saying, because these things can really have an impact, especially during those formative years when you're, you know, you're in junior high or you're going to high school and your skin not acting right, you know, and, you, you know, you may not have the best clothes, you may not have everything, especially with this social media life and everything that's being portrayed out there where you have to look the best or everyone has the best lighting because they buy those awesome, or I think they're called ring lights and they have them in their bathroom, you know, I don't have that, but, you know, so my pictures don't look as nice as those, <laughs> as those young ladies who do their makeup better than I could ever imagine and they're like 14, so, I mean, you know, when you, you are constantly comparing yourself to situations like that or being put in a situation where that has to happen every day, I mean, yeah, you know, you could you could see something like that happening. So as you mentioned before, it's just trying to lay that foundation for these kids to be able to feel loved, let them know that they're loved, remind them that they're loved, make sure that they're surrounded by people who support them, will nurture them, and help them through the situation if they are experiencing that. And being able to know that they have a safe space, whether they can talk to someone at school, because by the way, they do have school counselors there. So if they are experiencing that, that would be my first recommendation for them, you know, because they can talk to them at school. It doesn't have to be a big deal where everyone knows. They, they do it very discreetly and confidentially, so that's something that they can do. And if unfortunately it can't be resolved by the school counselor, you can try to get them an appointment outside with, with therapy and, and they can talk to someone. And as I said, just because you're getting therapy doesn't mean that oh my god something's wrong with you and this is going to be a problem where you have to see a therapist for the rest of your life it just may be something to help you get through this difficult time at the, you know for them at that point thank you dr cunningham now is there anything else that you would like to add regarding social media um, bullying cyberbullying, um, or its effects on adult, adults or children I just want to say people need to be mindful that remember it is the internet once you put it there <laughs> it's gonna be there so um, you know, the next post you put up, before you start talking about someone, you know, 
think about it. Do you think you should probably pick up the phone and see if you can, this is be a conversation that you can have, especially if it's a relationship that you care about, um, someone that you may have a falling out with. You know, go back to the old school way of hashing it out, talking it out. Yes, you may have an argument, <laughs> but guess what? Arguments are healthy. They're done right, you know? They're, you know, you can come to a resolution of conflict. That's the whole point. And a lot of people are, are lacking conflict resolution skills and think that by just making a post about it subliminally that someone's gonna get it. <laughs> that, hey, this, is, this was directed at you. No, that, that's not how this works. Unless you directly tag me in that, I'm not gonna know you're talking about me. And guess what? We should be able to have a conversation like adults and talk. Now granted, everyone may not feel comfortable doing that, but there's steps that you can take to become more assertive and be able to feel comfortable expressing yourself, you know, in an adult way or an effective way um, to get your point across without being hurtful or mean or negative. Now, of course, I would, I would say that it would be a perfect society if we could get that done. But by all means right now, just be mindful of what you're posting. If you do see something that is concerning of a friend or, or anyone that you don't know, like uh, I had an experience like that myself where there was a gentleman who was on social media. I didn't know him personally. He was like a friend through a friend and I don't know. I think the friend I knew liked the post or something, but he said, I can't take this anymore. I didn't think that was a joke. I didn't think it was cute. I actually ended up clicking on this man's page and I saw he had a listing of different statements like that that suggested hopelessness, helplessness. I was concerned. I left the suicide hotline for this man. I didn't know this man. But, you know, I'm just someone that's saying, hey, I see this, I don't take this lightly. There are resources that can help you. So I would just be mindful that people can know there are access to resources. You can be confidential, anonymous, just provide it to someone if you think they need it. It doesn't have to mean anything. Send them a private message. You don't have to post it all on their wall if you think, you know, you don't want to put it out there. But just be human and be helpful. That's all I can say. Care about your fellow man. The comment gangster thing, I'm not, I don't really... I just don't see the point. And I'm not trying to say it in a judgmental way, but I noticed that with social media, I mean, I wasn't even gonna say anything about this until you brought it up, but I realized with social media, everyone has a voice, even when it's not asked for. So when you were saying, you know, be mindful of what you post, because once it's there, it's there. My thing is also, once you post something, be very clear and specific about what you're talking about, because everyone has a different realm of perception. People will take, you saying the sky is blue, and then they'll say, oh, well, the sky is also indigo. What are you talking about? Next thing you know, you just spent your whole work day arguing with this person that you don't know who's a friend of a friend of a friend who clicked your profile and said, oh, the sky is blue. There's so many shades of blue. It's sky blue. It's ocean blue. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just like, you know, at some point it's kind of like, hey, did nobody ask for all that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay to like, you know, if you disagree, and it really isn't offending you and it's not really on your heart like that, it is okay to keep scrolling, you know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't gotta hit the whole seven hour and 45 minutes of arguing. You're arguing on your lunch break, you're not catching sleep, you're not spending time with your family, you're not tending to your lover because you wanna argue on social media for the sake of being right. And the cold part is, you still might not get that satisfaction. So I'm sorry, I had to speak on that because I'm like, everything don't warrant a response. I swear it don't, it really don't. You don't have to, you, don't, you really don't have to say anything, bruh. Like, you don't have to put no energy into nothing. Think about, from an energetic standpoint, right? Everything has an energy. Everything vibrates at a particular level. You feel in a kind of way, so now you're gonna put all this energy at a low vibrational level on somebody's post who wasn't even thinking about you when they posted it. Like, there's other things you can put your energy into, you know what I mean? Like, nurturing yourself, nurturing your loved ones, being better at work, saving more money, making a budget, putting gas in your car. You know what I'm saying? You can do so many different things than argue on social media all day because I guarantee once that argument is over and you feel like you were satisfied, 
you go go to sleep and it's not gonna be relevant. So I'm just saying, just from my my standpoint, is there anything else you want to add? I'm sorry, I had to get that out. No, first of all, I love the fact that you put that out there because that is true. Unfortunately, people think, hey, I see it. That means I must attend to it. Everything does not require or demand your attention. And as you mentioned, there are priorities that should be taken care of, like your kids getting food or you getting food or, you know, instead of sitting on social media all day. But hey, um, one thing that I want to point out that you also said uh, that you hinted on is the fact that when we miss actual conversation or interaction with people, we miss how the message is delivered. We don't get the tone that it was said and we don't get the context in which it was made. And so I think that we also have to think about the fact that when we're reading these posts, you know, like for example, if I choose to post something, it might just because I like the words, not because I'm going through something. I don't need you sending me a DM like, girl, you okay? I don't need, I don't need someone, you know, like that, that may not be it. But unfortunately, that's how we've been, you know, we've kind of been tuned to this. Like, oh, if she's saying this, her marriage must be off. Or if, she, oh, if she's posting those bags, look how she's spending her money. Like we've become so judgmental off of these posts and the social media life that I think that we really need to take a break and really take a look at what is really reality for us and how is that helping you in your situation what they're posting what they're doing unless it directly affects you I think that like you said if you like it like the post if you don't guess what keep scrolling <laughs> I'm gonna say this for the record even if you add somebody it's still not as good as actual conversation let's just be clear about that so I just wanted to just, I, had to, I had to speak my piece on that now, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I, I can I can be reached an email because, yes, social media, like I said, is, it can be the devil. So for right now, <laughs> if anyone would like to have any further conversation with me or ask any questions, I can be reached at G-S-C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M-0-7 at gmail.com or that's G-S-Cunningham-0-7 at gmail.com. All right, you heard it first from Dr. DeGel Cunningham. Thank you so much for interviewing with me. I hello appreciate it. And that was today's episode. If you have any feedback, you can definitely hit me up. I am on SoundCloud at Spiritual Home Girl. I'm on Apple Podcasts at Spiritual Home Girl. Feel free to like and subscribe. Send me a review. Share with somebody you love. Share with somebody you don't love. <laughs> but you can also hit me up on social media at Facebook and Instagram at Spiritual Home Girl. Twitter at Spirit Home Girl. YouTube, I'm on there as well as Spiritual Homegirl. I'm definitely open to hearing um, any feedback from this episode. I think it's really important that we get all perspectives to the forefront here, even the unpopular ones. I know some of y'all was probably thinking, girl, you're doing way too much. It is not that serious. It is just social media, but it's not. It's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. It's all fun and games until it affects somebody you love, and it's all fun and games until it affects you. So my thing is, let's just bring all things to the perspective. You know, it's all about polarities with me. I'm all about the balance between the supposed dark and the light, the shadow and the light, the negative and the positive. Um, and that's kind of what I want to continue bringing to this podcast because I understand it's very easy to get caught up in the positive, 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 and I get it. But when you get that negative, how do you deal? And that's what I wanted to um, bring today. So um, that is about it. You can also find me on spiritualhomegirl.com. We will be doing an overhaul of the website very soon. Um, not sure if I said this already. I'm on Apple Podcasts and I'm working on Google Play very soon for Team Android. But um, that is about it, y'all. Thank you very much for listening. You can listen to any podcast because they are coming up by the day. And that is what's up because people out of all of these podcasts that are coming up every day, you still listen to mine. And I think that is awesome that you lend me your ears for an hour out of your day because time is precious and for some of y'all time is money you hear me so that is about it my name is maria this has been another episode of the spiritual homegirl podcast trust the journey and trust yourself peace
Everything is meant to be. 